Hello, and welcome back to a brand new series of In Our Own Words, the podcast where I chat to writers about their work. Sometimes we chat to songwriters, sometimes to authors, or just to anyone who uses their words to tell a story. But today I'm joined by Lorraine Brown, author of Uncoupling, or to my American listeners, The Paris Connection. Hi Lorraine, how are you? Hi, very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, yeah. I'm so excited to have you on here today and talk all about Uncoupling. Um, But the first thing that I normally ask my guests to do is introduce your book to my listeners. So if they've not heard of it, I don't know how, it's everywhere on Bookstagram. (laughs) But if they haven't, do you want to tell them a little bit about your book? Yeah, sure. So it's a romantic comedy. It's a modern love story, um, let's say. And it begins on a night train and a couple, Hannah and Sai, get separated because the train divides in the night. And Hannah finds herself in Paris, which is not where she's supposed to be. And she's, for various reasons, stranded there for several hours. And while she's there, secrets begin to be revealed about her relationship with her boyfriend, Sai. And she also meets a very handsome Parisian man called Leo, who, through talking to him, she begins to sort of wonder about the decisions she's made in her life and begins to work out what it is she really wants to do going forward and, and, you know, for herself. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons that I... I like this book because it's it's obviously branded up and it's sold as a romantic comedy and it is that it's got you know it's got that love story it's got the sort of does make you laugh out loud which is brilliant but it's a little bit more than that I felt like as well as being that fun romantic book it's it's about her kind of finding her independence as well was that something that you kind of deliberately sort of went into it like within in your mind or was that something that sort of came just a bit more naturally as you were writing this romance story yeah I think it came and luckily for me, I was at the same time as writing my first draft, I had begun training as a counsellor. So I was yes. doing this really intense, like two evenings a week, seven till 10, you oh, know, wow. learning all this stuff I'd never learned before about, you know, reading Freud papers and Melanie Klein papers. And oh, it was goodness. really hard to do both. But I actually think it kind of came together in a really, you know, helpful way in that I began to think about, you know, why, why Hannah was behaving the way that she's behaving, why she's choosing the relationships that she chooses um and kind of thinking well what you know what happened in her childhood what happened in her adolescence what might have made her um be reluctant to kind of branch out on her own and take risks and so that made her become much more three-dimensional in my mind and I think I hope that came across you know on the page yeah for sure so were you sort of so I didn't know that is that something that you you went in planning to do was that a course you were planning to do separately and it just kind of accidentally helped your writing or was that sort of a plan (laughs) it was well, to go sounds back like a lot, step, regardless. Yeah, sounds like a lot yeah, of stuff to do at once. <laughs> it was a lot of stuff to do. I was basically sort of working in this job that I wasn't particularly enjoying. So I had been trying to be an actor and that hadn't worked out. And so I'd been sort of temping and doing things like that. And in the end, the acting, it was clear that that was not going to work out. And so I was sort of, my day job was being a school secretary, which, you know, it's a fine job. There's nice things about it, but it wasn't what I wanted to do with my life. And so... I kind of thought I really want to be a writer that's the only other thing I want to do but you know that's ridiculous because that's just as difficult as being an actor so I kind of did a writing course but I also um sort of signed up for this this counseling course thinking well that's slightly more sensible that's that's you know that's a job that I could possibly actually I don't know you know work in eventually and it's not you know it's not a hard job to do as a backup job though <laughs> it's quite yeah. an intense job I did it? discover that <laughs> the training the training itself was so intense can imagine I can it was actually, imagine. yeah it was actually worse than being at drama school in many ways I think because <laughs> you were expected there's this terrible thing we had to do on a Monday evening at nine o'clock for example okay. we all had to sit around in a circle telling each other 
how we really felt about each other. No holds barred. Oh, wow. Um, and, you know, it was intense. There's lots of, you know, tears, people storming out, oh, getting angry, kind of just coming at you. <laughs> so it was nice at nine o'clock on a Monday. Oh, my um, so, yeah, that, that was intense. But I do think <laughs> accidentally it kind of really helped my writing. And, you know, I, I don't think that the book would have been anywhere near as good if it, if it wasn't for that. Um, mm. Well, I guess watching those interactions, if anything, will teach you how people interact with each other more than anything because I think that's always something and you probably know this with your background in drama as well then I always find that dialogue is one of the most frustrating things for me when I'm reading a book like people because it's hard to get tone in the written word people Mm. are obviously like over over explain dialogue um as in not like the bits afterwards but in the actual speech people say things that you would never say in real life and when you have it on TV, it's obviously a very different style of writing and drama and the written mm. word is so different. Was that something that you you struggled to transition from, from drama to writing? Or was that an easy thing? Um, no, again, I think it was helpful. So, you know, sometimes I think, well, like, not so much now, but I, I did think, you know, all those years I've wasted trying to be an actor, all that money I've spent on classes and, you know, and, you know, it didn't get me anywhere. And, you know, I would feel a bit down about it sometimes. But now I think, actually kind of happen for a reason because you're right you know I would often get scripts to read and you know an audition or whatever and the dialogue just wouldn't really flow and you'd have to try and make it flow obviously that that was your job to try. <laughs> <laughs> but um it was very clunky and so I think for me when I was writing Uncoupling I really wanted to make the conversations between them feel very realistic and natural and, and to flow that kind of you know that kind of one speaks one reacts that informs yeah. how they what they say next and and you know yeah which I think yeah. is probably yeah, and that definitely came across, and I think it's one of the reasons why it was so sort of easy to read. And I, when I call a book an easy read, some people get quite offended by it. But I don't think, I think a book should be a pleasure to read, and it definitely was. And I think it's, yeah, the conversations and the characters and how they weren't all one-dimensional rom-com characters, how they all had a bit more to them, I thought was just brilliant. But what, in, what inspired the book? What made you come up with this idea of the trade uncoupling, which I thought was an excellent title. And when I saw it was a different title in America, I was like, what <laughs> well, the play on words is so brilliant <laughs> i know i know i don't think americans understand the concept of a train separating my, my american editor kept saying to me does this really happen so yeah well yes it's, it's, it's so stressful <laughs> i know um what inspired the book oh well my brother actually my brother years ago many many years ago before i even started writing um went on a sort of interrailing trip through Europe and he and his girlfriend this very thing happened to them oh wow she got up to find a quieter carriage and mm-hmm. um the train separated in the night and neither of them had realized because they're both very deep sleepers <laughs> and when they woke up they were in you know different different places so, so this actually I, happened that's so funny this actually happened yeah but you know for them they found each other again very quickly they're still together they have three kids everything's good um but you know it did make me think oh you know actually that's a really good idea for a book or a film but at that point I wasn't thinking about writing so but I I remembered it and I think I'd written one book before Uncoupling um, that had got you know some positive feedback from agents but ultimately they were saying the story's not strong enough there's no hook and so when I sat down to write Uncoupling I thought okay I really want to take this seriously I really want to get out of my secretarial job and I really want Mm -hmm. to you know be an author I've got to think about this hook and I I, you know I just watched lots of um, webinars and listened to podcasts and trying to work out what this hook thing was And I kind of went back to that story and thought, well, maybe that could be something that that might appeal. Yeah, and it obviously did. And I, I just think it's brilliant. So what was it? 
was it they don't know what uncoupling means in America? <laughs> like, was that sort of the yeah? They don't the know reason for that. Trains don't uncouple. I think is that uh, okay. It's more of a train <laughs> system. <laughs> it's a train system issue. Yeah. <laughs> um, but obviously, you've got the word the word Paris in the title of um the American version of the book. What made you set it in Paris? Apart from it being like the romance capital as we see it, was was that the main yes. reason, or was it? Well, have you, know, you we spent a lot of time there, or. I have spent a lot of time there and actually for me it is not the romance capital may I just say because I feel like every time I've been there there's been some sort of disaster (laughs) well not really a disaster but you know I've been on a few romantic trips and um, they've not gone that well Um, I've been with my little boy when he was a baby that didn't go well he got really ill Um, I don't know yeah for me it's never actually been that that romantic kind of idealistic thing that we think of and actually I think that's what inspired me to set the book there because you know I think you know it's a city where it feels like anything could happen yeah it's got that kind of dark gritty edgy side to it it's also it's got the beautiful buildings beautiful food I love food I love wine you know there's kind of a lot of that in the book I put a lot of French (laughs) cake a lot of cakes in there she's only there for what 12 hours and she does spend a lot of time drinking and eating it's great she does (laughs) so yeah and it was a city that I knew well I'm obsessed with cities I've always wanted to you know I wanted to set it in a city so yeah Paris felt like an obvious choice yeah, and it definitely because she she does sort of resolve in at the, right at the beginning of the book to just spend the whole day at, at the train station like I'm not yeah. going to risk it I'm not going to miss it and then she sort of gets tempted out by Paris and I just think it's it's so wonderful because I've always loved going to Paris so I used to go quite frequently pre-pandemic Did you? <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm desperate. yeah well, how, how, how come she were going uh, my my brother um was working out there for maybe six months so over the course of about six months I went like quite a few times and I've been a few times before I just love it I think it's like you say one of those places where there's so much and you feel like anything can happen when you get there yeah. so you can you can do something totally different every day and you'll never run out of stuff to do which I'm sure is true of any city really like you say I'm definitely a city yeah. lover. <laughs> no I'm me too and I think you know for me it was really fun to go back I went back just before the pandemic whenever that was um just before, years ago at this point isn't years it? ago and I did like a final research trip and by that point I had you know the book was complete we were on the sort of um sort of second round of edits and so I very much knew the story I knew the characters really well I knew what I had to sort of fill out a bit and so that was lovely I just went for the day on my own it was knackering because there was like, there was like a metro strike and then so I had to just walk oh, everywhere no. but and when they strike they strike so oh. well <laughs> They really do. They know like traffic, there's beeping horns. <laughs> um, but, you know, I just think um, it was fun for me to kind of work out, okay, where can I put this scene? Where would be really, where would be a really nice backdrop for them to have this conversation? That's really nice. Brilliant. Mm. Oh, that's so exciting. It's just so lovely. So your next book, because <laughs> at the moment on Amazon, I can see it untitled book two. It's very <laughs> ominous and exciting and mysterious. I know. Those words. Is that in another city? Can you drop any... Hints. Yes, it is in another city. Now, since I wrote it in lockdown, um, can you imagine where that city might be? Well, I live in London, so I just mm. thought, mm. oh, <laughs> can I set it in London? <laughs> How have you found writing in lockdown? Um, I tried a new tactic this time because I was also trying to homeschool at the same time, which was a, a terrible nightmare, to be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I basically spent a lot of time in the evenings planning okay. the book before I started to write, whereas before when I wrote Uncoupling, I suppose you know you sort of find your feet don't you and kind of mm. try a bit of planning and then try a bit of just winging it and but this time I thought right I'm going to plan it 
and see if that works better for me. So I spent probably two or three months just when I could fit, fit time in, mainly in the evenings, really planning out the novel, planning out scene by scene, um, working on characters. And so when I actually sat down to write it, I, I wrote it really quickly. I think it, the children went back to school sometime, September or something. <laughs> but the time is just kind of all blurred into yeah, one. But at, at some point they went back to school <laughs> for a back. few weeks. <laughs> and I just, by this point, had my whole outline. And so I just um, sat down and wrote it. And so it kind of worked out all right in the end. Um, yeah. And I think because I know London very well, obviously, and I set it in Hampstead Village, which is where I used to work as a school secretary. So I know that very well. And it's very pretty and um, very easy to do research trips because it's like 15 minutes away from my house. <laughs> so, it, it, you know, I think it worked out OK, but it's a much quieter book, I suppose. That's my, you know, only fear in the uncoupling was just, you know, they're traveling from Venice and they're in Paris and they're in Amsterdam and, you know, it's kind of exciting they're on trains and this is very much kind of they're in an apartment block and they're in London but you know it's a, it's it's a different book but I like it still it and if you've still got those kind of deeper characters and the the dialogue and everything that was spoken about that makes your your book so amazing then I'm sure it'll also be an absolutely phenomenal read oh god I hope so <laughs> <laughs> no pressure but my no expectations pressure. are very high <laughs> <laughs> so when you are planning um, so you said for the second book you've been planning a lot more what was the the writing of uncoupling like did you plan it in as much detail or how long did it take you to to write did it take longer because you had planned less what was what was yeah, that process it, like it seemed to take forever because I just I don't know. um for me I feel like I need feedback on my writing to kind of get anywhere with it so I wrote the first draft, well in fact I didn't even write the first draft, I wrote, I wrote the first half of the book and sent it off to the Bath Novel Award, that was in 2016, and I got yeah, longlisted so for that award. <laughs> yeah, so that's when I started, yeah, and I sent it off but the book wasn't complete, I thought well I'm not going to win the thing, I'm not even going to get longlisted, but let me just try, I sent it off, yeah. sent it off and I did get longlisted, which was amazing, Brilliant. I then had to write the rest of the novel in a month. Oh heck. <laughs> so yeah, well, um, what, it wasn't very good, let's just say. Um, because I rushed it. And oh, is that you being self-critical yeah. or, or can no, you it really, that wasn't great? <laughs> it really wasn't very good. But no, it, what, yeah, I did get some really good feedback from the judges, really helpful feedback. So then I redrafted again. And then the following year, I won a competition with Penguin Random House, um, which is part of their Right Now programme. I don't know if you know of it, but it's, um, it's to launch the careers of writers that are currently underrepresented in the industry. I think one um, of my past guest mentioned it Laura Kay author of this book. yes yes she did do it yes I know Laura we did an event together yeah yeah she did it the year after me so that was um really great because then you get mentored by an editor at Penguin for a year and so again you're kind of breaking you know what's not working with the book what is working again it completely changed over the course of that year and then I started sending out to agents and that probably took me another took me another year to get an agent after that so you know so yeah, it's taken me, I guess, five years. <laughs> so that's that's long. But in the second book, I've had to do in a much shorter space of time. Yeah, I wrote it in a few months, and it's on the, you know it's already on the second round of edits, and it's all happening. Because wow. you're in now, it. you're in the publishing world. I mean, well, <laughs> oh, no, come on, give yeah. us more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's amazing, though. And so you you're writing now. You've I'm assuming you're no longer working in your school. You've kind of moved on from no. the drama. You're an author. That's cool. I know I literally handed my um, notice in at the school I think when I yeah a week after I got my deal I just <laughs> I just thought I'm taking a risk and I'm leaving my job and um 
and uh yeah I may live to regret it but let's hope not I don't know we'll see <laughs> absolutely sure that you won't <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on and chatting about your book and giving a little preview of London living in a flat it's exciting yes yes for your next book um and if you're interested in reading uncoupling make sure you check out the link in the description of this episode um and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss another episode of in our own words but thank you Lorraine it's been an absolute pleasure and I'd love chatting to you thanks so much bye everyone next time on in our own words luckily like the internet is just endless and infinite and like you really can find anything and I've had a couple of conversations with authors since about how much we do rely on travel bloggers and I don't mean like popular travel bloggers that we have bookmarked in our favorites it's like you just search it and then you're like this person has 11 followers but luckily they described in great detail like this ice cream dish they had or something like that